Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hour number two for Old School on a Friday. Uh, from the Sarder Hammond text line, Sonny. What's up, Sonny? Um, said, uh, Jay, she appreciates your... Uh, let me, I'll read it. <laughs> Just wanted to let you know how much I enjoy listening to you and Jay. Jay's honesty and truth about the program is spot on. I was very good friends with a former Husky player. He felt the same way about Steve Peterson and Bill Callahan. They ruined the Husky. Um, thank you for the station and enjoy all the changes. Uh, thank you, Sonny. Greatly appreciate it. Also, J44, uh, thank you for the for the for the VAC PCA and the semi destruction of the English language. There's Cortland John picking at you. Yeah. It is it, J Fofo, right? J Fofo. <laughs> J Fofo. So all right. Uh, come on now. Give me a break. Give your brother a break, man. Yeah, they came in hard. I know, man. It's all they right. They came in hard on a Friday. But y'all we'll we'll, we'll we'll put that through. All right, Jay, bring in your guest. We got we got him on, Reek. Hey, um thought it'd be good to have Blake on. I've been knowing Blake since quite some time but he's a he's a big time agent and i think it'd be good to have him on one to talk about the process number one of representing players in this day and age but then also uh representing players and you know during covid and uh what it takes to be an nfl player and a successful one and i will say this about blake before he comes on is like uh, there's few few agents that when you play you kind of hear about guys you know who's really good who's not even if they're on tv and all you know we talk about drew rosenhouse you know everybody knows he's a snake but Blake, in, on, the, on the other hand, is a full, real deal. He's a good dude, number one, sticks to his principles. But then also he helps the players during their career and after and then lifelong. So without further ado, we have Blake. What's up, man? What's up, Jay? Appreciate it. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And I, look, man, I felt a little bad. I saw your your post. You're on a, you look like you're on vacation with uh, your wife and kids. So I appreciate you guys, appreciate you coming on early. No problem. I actually got uh, I got two of my little ones in the back seat right now. We're we're heading over. A couple of our rookies are starting training today, so I'm gonna go over and say what's up and let the kids run around a little bit. There you go. And Blake, like I said before, I think it. You know, we have some guys that are you know hopefully getting into the NFL. But with you, I think it's you know a good have somebody on besides me talking. Right? They just think maybe I'm biased, but you know, and from your perspective, um, what are the the hardest things to do for college players? to make that transition, and then how does it affect who you recruit and how you re- represent them? Uh, because I know from personal experience, it's one thing to make it, but another thing to continue to have a long career. Well, yeah, I think you kind of just hit you hit one big point on the head, which I I think 90% of these guys don't realize. It's, it's hard to get to the NFL, but it's a thousand times harder to stay in the NFL. I don't think most of these guys understand that. I think they, they get to the league and they, you know, they, for obvious reasons, think they're at the beginning of their career and, the reality is they're probably just as close to the end of their career as the beginning. So we're, we're really looking for guys that guys like yourself, guys that are mature, guys that get it, uh, guys that are doing it for the right reasons, guys that are transparent, guys that are selfless, uh, guys that are leaders in their locker room, guys that are leaders in their community. Uh, because 
you know, from my experience that that increases the chances tremendously that they'll they'll make it, but also it it increases the chances that our partnership is going to work well. Uh, that we're not I'm not a yes man. I mean, you know me well enough. I'm right. gonna I gotta <laughs> I gotta speak the truth and and I gotta tell guys what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. And unfortunately, that that weeds out a lot of guys. You know, a lot of these 20, 21, 22 year old young men. You know, a lot of them have been put on the pedestal for a long time, and every, there's 300 guys that think they're going to be first-round picks, and I don't know if they don't realize there's only 32 of them. <laughs> um, and not everyone can handle the truth. So we're looking for guys that get it, and that doesn't always mean a first-round pick. We have plenty of guys like like Adam Thielen and C.J. Ham and guys that weren't drafted or late-round picks. Um, so, yeah, we're looking, for the right, we're looking for the right guys, and we're looking for guys that we believe can stick four years, six years, eight years, 12 years, and that's that's a lot harder than getting drafted. Yeah, and, and you know what, just to even peel back, a, you know, just to go from the start, just give a little quick how you just, how you got into the business, how you decided to go off on your own, and what what I think is next level, what you do for players outside of, the, you know, obviously representing them because one of the things you jumped behind was the eSports thing, and, and it, I thought it was next level. You're way ahead of that with Jonathan Allen. Just talk about how your process went from working for an agency, going off on your own, maybe a little bit of pressure doing that, and then obviously taking it and, and obviously with good clients and, and looking for that partnership with what you led to where you are today. Yeah, I, I kind of stumbled into the business a little bit. I went to you know I went to the University of Wisconsin in Madison, and I was working at a sports marketing company a couple of days after you know out of college, and uh, it was the first job at. And I didn't necessarily love it. And I had an opportunity to go work at a, like a startup agency a couple of years after that. And uh, one, when I was at the University of Wisconsin, I was friends with a bunch of guys on the football team. I, I played tennis there. And, you know, you're just kind of co-mingling in the athletic department all the time. Lived with a couple of guys on the team and was good friends with guys like Chris Chambers and Lee Evans and Brooks Bollinger and a bunch of guys that played. And I, I, you know, picked up the phone and called them and I said, you know, What's your, what does your agent do? I didn't know what an agent did. You know, I was still 22, 23, 24 years old. I just said, do you like them? Do you not like them? What do they help you with? What are the expectations? And the common sentiment just kept coming back of like, I don't really know what they do. I talked to them a couple times a year. They don't really help me with any of my off-the-field endeavors. And these were guys that had were really successful and high-round draft picks and were making good money. And, and I just felt that, it didn't make sense to me. I don't. Maybe that was the norm in the business, but but just logically, it didn't make sense to me. So, and these were, you know, these were low maintenance, but intel, really intelligent guys. And so I said, you know what? There's got to be a better way to, to do this business. It was very difficult to get in, so I just kind of banged every door down and hustled and tried to get an internship. And then I finally got a job and worked a worked a million hours and made no money, but I. I just learned the salary cap structure and was a sponge and was the first one at the office every day and the last one to leave and just learned. I learned the business. And then and then I worked uh, with your old agent, Mitch Frankel, over at Impact Sports for about six years. And I learned a lot. I learned a lot of good things, and I learned a lot of things that I didn't want to do. Uh, once, I, once I was able to kind of prove my point or prove my thesis, I would say I – I said, I'm confident I can do this on my own and do it my own way with my own people for my own reasons. And I left, you know, when I was 28 after the 2009 draft and probably a little naive um, and just took the gamble and went out and said, you know what, I, I want a much more holistic approach to this business. It's not, 
it's not just about football. You know, football is a really important part, and it's a means to an end. But, but if you're wildly successful in the NFL, you're going to be done at 29 or 31 or 34, uh, and you're going to have the next 50 years, 60 years to live your life, and guys are lost. Uh, and it, it doesn't just have to do with they're lost for financial reasons. It's because they've – it's all they've known for so long. They didn't have the opportunity to go get internships. They didn't have the opportunity to do business networking uh, like their, their classmates in college. And so – you know, I'm, it's just a much more it's a much more comprehensive, holistic approach to yes, the football is very important, but but how do we make sure that you're happy at 30 and 35 and 45 and 55? And that just doesn't mean that just doesn't mean financially. Um, it means emotionally, spiritually. Be a better father. Be a better husband. Be a better teammate. Be a better community leader. All of these things are uh, are what I what I believe to be extremely important. And, and I, I've just taken on the onus for myself and my company that we have the resources, we have the tools, we have the answers uh, to the test that we can share. Uh, and I just, I, I just think for the longest time, the business has been broken. You know, the same agents doing the same things for so long and same players going broke, same guys getting in trouble, same guys not taking advantage of their resources, same guys not utilizing their platform. And they get very narrow-minded and do, well, where am I going to get drafted? And I can see the forest through the trees because I've been doing it long enough, but it's hard for it's hard for the 21-year-old or 22-year-old that's never been through any of this. And everyone's throwing them a bunch of stuff, a bunch of BS, a bunch of materialistic stuff that really has no bearing on uh, where your future is going to go. So it's my long-winded answer to the yeah. business is broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're talking to Blake Barats, the big-time agent here, uh, 93.7 The Ticket. One another thing that I wanted to talk to you about, Blake, is uh, representing guys that are coming out early. Um, how does that process go? And say you have, say you say you hear Jay Foreman's coming out early, and we have like an initial meeting. How does that go? Do you say, hey, look, this is what I've what what I'm hearing. This is what you should think about. This is the best that that I'm hearing that you can go, and this is what the lowest you, you can go, and this is how you should probably come to this decision. Decision, and you'll assist them along the way, or how do you uh, do it? Because I know you're not a pushy guy trying to just look for three percent. So how do you go about that process? Yeah, so we'll, most of the guys that we end up prospecting are referred to us in one way, shape, or form. Um, and we're not really interested at, at the early stage of whether they're planning on leaving or, or staying. And, and I've never told a player whether to stay or go because um, every player has got different motives uh, and why they want to stay or go and what they want to accomplish. Jonathan Allen, you know, he could have been a first-round pick if he left after his junior year and decided to go back for his senior year. So for us, we're just laying out all the facts. This is what 32 general managers are saying about you. These are the things that you need to work on. This is kind of your upside if everything goes perfectly. Here's your middle case scenario. Here's probably your worst case scenario. And ultimately, the player and the player's family got to be comfortable with whatever that worst case scenario is. You know, last year we had a kid out of Ohio State, a D-tackle named Tommy Togiai, and we felt his downside was probably fourth round. Um, and he and his family were comfortable with him being a fourth or fifth round pick because they felt he, you know, he had, he had accomplished everything academically that he wanted to. Uh, he felt from a maturity standpoint, he was ready from a strength and physicality standpoint, he was ready. And so he wasn't one of those guys that said, well, I'm only going to go if I'm going to be your first round pick, first or second round pick. Uh, but this year we're talking to a kid, um, that, only wants to leave if he's going to be a first or second round pick. So the fa- them and their families are ultimately going to make the decision. It's a personal decision for them. I'm just here to lay out the facts because they get they get inundated with so much BS, 
And even then, it's hard for them to decipher between the BS. And I'm just getting it from the horse's mouth. I'm getting it from, you know, the 32 general managers and some personnel directors and some scouts because the reality is it doesn't really matter what I think. I don't have the ability to draft these kids. <laughs> There's only 32 people in the world that do. So, um, and then, you know, all the other factors have to factor into some capacity. You know, financially, what does it mean if you go or stay? What's the risk of injury? Where am I at academically? Uh, am I mature enough? You know, you got to be, you, you know, you know, you're going to a league of grown men that are fighting for their jobs and, and fighting for their families every week. You got to be mentally ready for that. And I think a lot of guys like the idea of being a professional athlete without really liking the idea of being a professional. And that's what get guys gets guys off track. Right. And um, also I wanted to piggyback on that. How hard or how different is it representing, you mentioned the Chris Chambers, Brooks Bollinger versus representing guys the you know, or or the stories you've heard of of agents other agents representing guys you know in this day and age because because you do your background check on the person before the player i think a lot of agents look at the player and the three percent and get kind of caught up in i call it the vortex of getting calls at one or two o'clock in the morning because they you know are jammed up somewhere so just talk about the difference between us get a old get off the lawn guys like myself and versus these new age guys that you're you know that some agents or yourself have to come across whether you're prospecting them or representing them uh you know throughout the league yeah i mean there's there's still the guys like yourself the jonathan allens the adrian claiborne's the the adam Thielens, the harrison smith the cj hands there's still enough of them right but it's different i mean it definitely is like i you know i've been in the business 17, 18 years now, it's different. Like, I I, uh, I don't know. I think there's a little more sense of entitlement. Um, I think depending on what colleges they go to, they coddle them more or less. Um, and I just – I don't really enjoy the college recruiting process like I used to because there's just too many – there's too many people in these young guys' ears. Um, Everyone, mom might have a different agenda than dad does, than coach does, than player does, and and I'm confident in what we do, and I really don't want to chase, you know, young men that really aren't going to listen anyway. They want to be told that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, which isn't me anyway. So, you know, a lot of our businesses, we'll sign, you know, we'll sign three to five veteran players every year that are referred to us that that are looking for new representation, whether they didn't like their agent, their agent didn't fulfill the promises, they signed with their agent out of college for the wrong reasons. And that's really the better model. That's what I prefer because guys are a little more mature. They've already proven they can play at the NFL level. Uh, They know what was told to them the first time was BS. They're already in the league and probably not getting the proper service and attention. Um, And listen, we'll we'll still have three, four rookies a year because we – we need to maintain a pipeline and still have, you know, young blood, but, but it's hard. I mean, it's no question about it. It's, it's, it's a more difficult part of the business. Uh, Cause it's just it, our, the way we sign players is, is we develop a long rapport with them, have a relationship with them for a year or a year and a half. The players that want us to come in and meet with them in like December and they're trying to decipher between three agents without knowing anybody and make a really important decision with having no information it's just, it can work, but it's just not, it's not ideal. There's a significantly better chance of it not working. Blake, I'll get you out, out on this, man. And this is a little bit of a, a tongue in cheek question. What percent would you need to uh, pick up the phone and, and represent Antonio Brown? 
there is no amount of money in the world <laughs> that I would represent Antonio Brown for. And I, I would have given you the same answer seven years ago when he right. was in the heart of his prime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and, me and Blake. It never, it never works, man. You see the writing on the wall. and it, My personality wouldn't allow that. Like, it's just like I'm going to yell at him, and he's going to yell at me, and we're going to fire each other anyway. So it's just man. not gonna it's not gonna work. I don't have the mental capacity to deal with it. <laughs> well, Blake, I appreciate it, man. We're gonna uh, tweet and uh, Instagram your stuff out, man. But I thought it was good for the us Nebraska fans or Nebraska fans down here to talk about you know hear their perspective from somebody besides myself that's been through it, guy in it, and uh, represent players. So I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you reaching yeah. out, man. Thanks for catching up, and we'll catch up again offline. Happy and healthy New Year, man. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I- there's so much to un- unwrap there. Yeah, it's good. We, hey, listen here, man. He, I mean, he just – you know what's funny is he talked about who he prefers to represent and how he represents, you know, younger guys versus getting referrals. It's no different than the transfer portal. He wants to deal with guys that already kind of been through the process, got a reality check, and knows what he's getting. Because he can call up as much as he can say, hey, what can you tell me about Rico as a senior at N- Nebraska? He can actually call – and talk to GMs and coaches because he represents coaches as well about DP. That's a linebacker that's looking for a new agent. Oh yeah. He's a hard worker. He's a leader. Well, that makes his job easier and it actually makes him a better agent because he can go represent you effectively. You know, one of the biggest things is that players don't understand is yes, the agent works for you, but you have to work with your agent, right? He can't work for you. If you're saying, Hey, Jay Foreman is a stand up guy. And the next thing you know, I'm taking my shirt off, running off the field, and I'm tweeting out pictures of text messages between player and coach, X, Y, and Z. I'm throwing the goat underneath it. I'm throwing his trainer underneath it. I'm trying to do all this cover-up, and then I'm trying to call up the next GM and say, hey, man, give this dude a two-year contract at 30-some years old. So I thought it was good. And he talked about the process of coming out early. And it's no different than the opt-out, right? So – Everybody's like, oh, well, this person isn't uh, playing because, and he's not projected to be a first, second-round pick. Well, he talked about a player that was, you know, graduated from college and was definitely, you know, felt like he was strong enough fit from a physical and mental or in the maturity standpoint. And he went on early and he was okay with the worst-case scenario. And he talked about a lot of these guys want you to sit in front of them and give you the best-case scenario. I thought it was good to have Blake on because – one, if there's any players out there, there's a, I don't stand behind a lot of agents. Him and another one is, are the only two that I've done my research on and know personally that are stand-up guys, and they tell you the truth, and they represent them effective, and they get guys paid. I mean, he talked – and the great thing about Blake, he has Jonathan Allen, who was a first-round pick, right? He has Rashad Bateman, that's the receiver from Minnesota, first-round pick. Then he told you about C.J. Ham, that's a free agent, right? He talked about he was the one that re- represented Adam Thielen, from the get-go, believed in him and saw him locally there in Minnesota. Now he's one of the highest-paid receivers. Then he has uh, Blake Cashman, who went to my high school, Blake's high school, kind of low-round draft pick of the uh, New York Jets. Um, so he has a ton of guys. And so one thing I like about Blake is he, he talked about how he worked his way up. So he doesn't turn his nose up at good dudes because he knows that, hey, look, this dude's going to have a good career. He's going to do stuff afterwards. And it's always uh, seemed to work out for him. And he runs it like a pretty efficient business. But he has to work for it. It's it's the adage and, and the mentality, Bill Belichick said, that he liked those t- sort of players. Right. Players who have been humbled uh, in this. They had talent. Or they sure. had skill set. Uh, they were maybe in a bad situation or a wrong situation. Right. And that they're willing to listen. Yep. 
I mean, and, yep, to get guys who had talent, who needed somebody to have faith in them, and that would listen. Yeah, and when he says that he's get, he he meets with three or four veterans a year, it, people don't the NFL locker room. Everybody's talking about one of the big questions or one of the big conversations: who's your agent? What he's doing for you? And if and if he's actually coming through with even half of what he's said he could do, and especially when you're getting close to end of your contract or you know you're going to be re-upped or you're having a good season because you want to maximize your ability to obviously you know hit on the your big one you talk about adrian claiborne you know you went and got him out of iowa and, and those agents spend more time not with, doing work right yeah well, well they spend more time with the veteran who's going to move from place to place than they do the tom brady who stays in the same place well, it depends. I mean, Tom Brady's low maintenance, but if you have a, but his if if Tom Brady's if it comes down, me and Tom Brady have the same agent, and Tom Brady's like, hey man, I want you to come to this game. He going to that game, right? Um, a good agent to try to go to both of them, but there's a lot of time that they spend out servicing those guys. It's the fa- it's it's the one on one FaceTime. It's dealing with their families, dealing with their loved ones, and so. It's not just getting him three percent. He's trying to build them and build some legacies. He's really trying to take it. He said a holistic, and what he means is he's trying to take care of him on all um, phases of, of 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 football. Football is a big part of it, but the, he, I mean, he's been through it, and um, you know, I think it's uh, you know the agents that get referrals are the ones that actually do good work. And when you're getting three or four referrals, it's not from the same team. It's not like hey, I'm you know you're not going in there and trying to make a percentage off of referring you know, Rico and DP to an agent, it's, I'm talking to DP. He sees Blake doing good work for me. I might get my, you know, maybe I get like a little bit of a tweak to my contract to where I can hit some incentives or whatever. Then you see it be like, man, who's your agent? I haven't heard from mine since the training camp. Well, you you know, a lot of guys don't need to hear from your agent every day. Right. You you know what I mean? But you want to make sure when you call them, you pick up the phone because you might just want to be talking about the frustrating frustrations of a game, a player that you play with the season, or where you're at with the contract. But if you're not getting a call back and you're not getting any service, that's how agents end up losing their jobs. And those that's are the type of – a lot of therapy, though. There's a lot of therapy in being an agent. There is. If if, there's, if it's needed, you got to wear 50 different hats. you got to be yeah. a therapist. You might have to be a relationship expert. You have to be a contract expert. you got to be a football expert. A lawyer. you, you got to be a lawyer. An accountant. you got to be yeah. – But the good ones like doing it. But you, you like doing it, and it's not a job if you're working with somebody that you're working for. That that's what he and that the, you care about. Like well, you got to care about the, the. Well, but one of the biggest things he said, what do they look for? Is he a good leader? Hello, they're. The, I'm telling you, they're not looking for guys that are going to come up and show up and be about themselves. They got plenty. They got any because a lot of times those guys aren't good enough to be like that. Nobody wants to put up with those people, right? Like and neither does an agent. It's, it's a real deal. Well, we'll throw it a break. Uh, good stuff with Blake. Uh, we'll throw it a break. More old school uh, on 93.7 The Ticket. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and J on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.